Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everybody. Prophet is on here, and I bring you greetings and peace and grace from on high. I am so grateful to God that I'm able to come before you through the overflow, overflow of his anointing on my life, overflow of his grace and his mercy over my life, and overflow of his presence in my life. My God, my God, what an awesome, awesome uh, uh, privilege and honor it is to come before you on this day and to minister a word from on high. What a mighty God we serve. What an awesome God. What a great God. He is worthy of all the praise, all of the honor, and all of the glory. I thank and praise God for another opportunity to come into your presence and to be used by him. My God, my God, what a mighty God we serve. Once again, I am Prophetess Dawn, and I am the senior pastor, the senior pastor of Life Path Apostolic Agape House of Prayer. I thank and praise God, and every time I say senior pastor, I am declaring and decreeing our destiny (laughs) and our future. Every time you hear me say senior pastor, I am calling into existence, what has already been established in the heavens. My God, my God, let it be made manifest in the earth. Send the pastors, send the teachers, send the bishops, send the preachers, send them, send them, Lord. I thank you for each and every one of them, for all that you are sending in to the ministry to help us to carry out the call that you have placed on us. I say it with dignity, I say it with honor, and I say it with the mercy of God that there are more to come. So when you hear me saying, (laughs) I am speaking it by faith. I thank God for the front row seat that he is allowing us to have in this special move in this season. I thank God for the call that he has placed on us in this region and for this season that he has called us to do such a work for this time because we are the remnant within the remnant. And what does that mean? What does that mean? We are the hidden gem that God is allowing to come forth in this season that we may enact his will. Oh my God, my God, what a great and mighty God we serve. What an awesome, awesome, awesome honor and privilege. My God, I'm just so grateful to God for all of the many things that he is doing. I celebrate him that as we continue to uh, prepare to launch this ministry and, and we dig in deeper and we start our planning and we start doing what God has called us to do, he has called us to building the foundation of our biblical knowledge, of our biblical knowledge. As many of you know that there is a lot of biblical illiteracy in the church. A lot of us just don't know the word. We just don't know the word because we don't get into it like we used to. 
It was a time we would get into the word. And I'm telling you, we would study, study, study. And we just don't do it like we used to. And even when we used to, we would study to give a, get a clearer understanding of what the man or woman of God got. Not necessarily trying to pursue and seek to understand on our own, okay? So God is saying in this season, as we are establishing uh, the ministry and life path apostolic agape house of prayer, that he is taking us on a journey of a uh, chronological review of the Bible. And I believe this will last over the next 52 or 53 weeks. I'm so grateful to God. He's also taken us into a deeper dive into the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians, we're going to do a review so that we can get a clearer understanding of how the Bible, I mean, how the uh, Christian church was established. And it was, it was, it was started back in that time. We don't know what we don't know. We got to get in there. God said, I'm going to take you back. I'm going to lay the foundation. And for those crooked areas, I'm going to make them straight. Where that foundation is cracked, I'm going to fill it in. And for those that the foundation has not yet been laid, I'm just going to lay the foundation. Ain't God good? He's such a good God. He's an awesome God. He knows how to meet us where we are. We ain't doing this for uh, uh, fame and fortune and, and, and our own ego. We're doing this because God is so mighty. He's so great. And he trusts us to carry out his will in the earth. Well, I got a word for you all today, and I want to talk about our responsibility to live a life that is godly. Living a godly life. My God, my God. God is calling us to a level. He's calling us higher. He's calling us higher. Doesn't matter where you were yesterday, today, or even a few moments ago. God is calling us higher. And I believe he sent me here because you are under the sound of my voice to admonish you to strive, to lift up, to allow him to take you higher and higher in him. Heavenly Father, as we approach your throne today, we just humbly come asking that you will hear our prayers and hear our plea, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father God, as we come into your presence, we just thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We honor you, Lord Jesus, that you loved us enough to continue to instruct us, to continue to draw us closer to you. Oh, Father God, with everything that that is going on in the world, all of the trials, the tribulations, everything we are hearing about wars, rumors of wars, and things that are going on all around this world. But Father God, you're taking the time. You are taking the time to pour into us, to impart into us, and we do not take it for granted. We do not take your presence for granted. And we thank you. We thank you, Father. We thank you for your love that you have for us. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. And Father God, I pray today that you will hide me, that your people will see you, Lord God. Oh, Father God, don't let them see me. Let them receive from you. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen and amen. The most difficult part 
I believe so far. I've been walking in this thing over the last few months as God has called me uh, to the office of pastor. And that's new for me. And I'm trying to be obedient and and do it the right way. Uh, The only other experience I think I've had in life that is similar or close to this is, is as I became a parent. And for those of you who know my testimony, I was a teenage mother. I became a mother at a very early age. So I didn't have the life skills that I feel I needed to be a healthy and productive mother early on. I started having children very early. I was 17 when I had my first child and 28 when I had my last. So over a 10-year period, 10, 11-year period, I had five children. (laughs) And while I was having them, I was learning how to parent and nurture and, you know, all those things. So I made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> I I did a lot of things right. I I had some greats and I had some, you know, some some not so great experiences as a mother. I kind of had to learn as I went. And I thank God that as I look at my children now as as adults, for the most part, they are productive uh, citizens. They're they're living their truth. They're living in their in their uh, place of prosperity, and I'm so grateful. I just I don't take it for granted. I do not take it for granted that God is is walking, or they are walking alongside Christ. Uh, so I'm just so grateful for that. But nonetheless, um, as a parent, I I didn't have. The, the tools that I felt I needed uh, to, to parent well. And similarly, as a pastor, as God has called me into this, I believe he's prepared me. He's prepared me. He's given me tools. And, and the difference here is that I have, as a point of reference, the experience that I had as a mother. I have, as a point of reference, the experience that I have had uh, as a, a disciple being discipled by pastors, the experience I've had, you know, being in ministry. And also, I'm, you know, I'm a, a little bit mature, you know, as a woman. So, so I have maturity and some wisdom. <laughs> so I thank God. I thank God that he set me up for this season of my life uh, to pastor. But the most difficult part of that is challenging uh, areas of of where we are um, spiritually weak, you know. <laughs> I know that I have to come and I got to uh, attack some things and, and talk through some things because we need to live free. We got to be free. And the enemy has us so bound oftentimes we don't even know we're bound. We become so complacent with living our lives that that, that grieve the Holy Spirit that we aren't even sensitive to what's going on. I remember I used to listen to um, uh, uh, and and 
her name didn't slip me. It's, it's the title. I'm, I'm between pastor and, and bishop, but I believe, I believe she was, she was pastor uh, Gertrude Stacks. And, and she would always pray. She would always pray, God, anything that belongs to the enemy, take it away. I don't want nothing that belongs to him, my ego. <laughs> anything, take it away. My anger, my strife, anything that belongs to him, take it away. And I'm telling you, when we get that conviction on the inside of us, sometimes we get so uh, uh, common and, and, and we take comfort in our pain and, 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 and dysfunction is where I'm trying to go. We want to hold on to it. You know, we, we get so addicted to drama. We want to hold on to it. <laughs> but Pastor Stack, she said, God, anything that belongs to the enemy, give it back to him. I don't want it. I don't want this lying tongue. I don't want this gossiping tongue. I don't want this hatred, a hateful heart. Give it back to him. So what God wanted me to talk to you all about today as we are laying the foundation, we're laying the foundation for godly living. It is essential. It's important that we know and understand that living godly lifestyles are imperative to our survival as Christians in this world. Um, now we're going to get into some you know, deliverance and, and, and warfare and, and all of those things so that we can learn how to maintain and manage and, 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 and fight for what God has given us. But now we need to talk about godly living, godliness, righteousness, and holiness is always right. It's always a requirement. But it doesn't mean that you have to be... Um, uh, condemned. It doesn't mean that you have to be beat over the head because you 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 you're driven by your flesh. It just means that you need to gain more reliance on the Holy Spirit and on Jesus Christ to carry you through. Because God doesn't condemn us. He comes to convict us and he uses his Holy Spirit to help guide us and direct us out of bondage and out of sin. But let me jump into this because I, I really got something to say. <laughs> I really got something to say. Let's talk about godliness and, and how do we attain living a godly life? Because a lot of times it becomes intimidating for us. It becomes intimidating for us because we try to mirror the likeness of others. I remember early on in my Christian walk, I would come into the church because I wasn't, I wasn't churched. 
It took until I got grown for real, for real, to realize that I grew up in the church because I would always say I didn't grow up in the church because I was about 14 years old when I started going to the church uh, under Refreshing Springs Tabernacle Church of God in Christ. I was 14 years old when I met them. And so somewhere between there and maybe my early 20s, when I left Detroit, Michigan, I was under the umbrella of that ministry under uh, Pastor Barry L. Ginyard, who has since passed on to be with the Lord. But I would always say I, I didn't grow up in the church, but, but 14, I mean, that's growing up. I grew up in the church. My parents were not uh, churchgoers. I believe my mother absolutely was a believer and my father towards, you know, the, the latter half of his life, he, he became a, a believer. But nonetheless, I didn't have the experience of going to church every Sunday and and watching, you know, the, 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 the culture and being indoctrinated into it and learning the, the, the cultural cues of how to act and how to be. I never had that experience. So when I started going to church and I became interested and intrigued in the lifestyle, I would watch others. I would watch the women of God. I would I would watch them. And one thing about me, because I've always been one, you know, who always, you know, I kind of, you know, rock to the beat of my own drum, okay? And I did things my way. And in the Church of God in Christ, the ministry that I came under, they were, um, they were, uh, Pentecostal and the Holy Spirit just really led us all the time. And so you had a lot of speaking in tongues and 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 physical manifestation of the Holy Spirit in the ministry where you would see folks running through the church and just getting, you know, happy. And I would see that and I would just be so mesmerized, you know, because I'm, I, I'm a studier of people. I just watch you. And I, just, I remember one time just telling the Lord, I said, now, if you real, I said, now, that thing they be doing in there, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to be fake about it. If I don't feel it, I'm not doing it. Folks falling all out, getting, you know, a touch from the past. They falling all out. I said, nah, if this thing is not real. And I remember the first time God touched me in such a way that I was slain in the spirit and that I had an experience with God that I began to speak in tongues and I began to run through the church and I just didn't understand what was going on, but I knew what was going on and, and I was just so grateful that he allowed me to experience him that way. But nonetheless, I used to watch the women at the church and and try to see how to emulate their behaviors and how how to be like them and how to do. And I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't connect the dots. It was like something was missing. 
And so I felt a disconnect because I felt like, hey, I'm not, I don't act like them. I don't don't walk like them. I don't talk like them. I don't even understand what they saying half the time. So I felt like I was not godly or I was not worthy. But what I didn't understand is that I was trying to emulate something that I had no source to. I had no connection with. I was looking at the image of these women and trying to be like them, not understanding that I needed to be like Christ. I needed to be like God. I didn't understand that. Oh, but God helped me years years down the line. He helped me to understand that you can you can simulate a lot of things because you could be similar to them. You can simulate, but you can only emulate something that you are a part, that, that the source of that thing is a part of you. And so because these women were not a part of me, I practice, I try, you know, come to church the next time. I try to speak like they spoke or I try to, you know, wave my hand like that. And it just felt so awkward and so weird because I'm trying to be like them. But baby, when I began to emulate the characteristics of Christ in my life, that that changed everything. That changed everything. And I had to understand that godliness and godly living was attainable by just simply understanding what it meant. What does it mean to be godly? And once I understood that it meant doing what God would do, doing what God would do. And what that means is look at Christ's life, look at Jesus' life, and and do what Jesus did. He spent most of his time ministering to people in need with loving kindness. He showed us by example how to live. Jesus, throughout the Bible, put his knowledge and his faith into action. And see, that was the key. That was the key because I didn't know how to put my knowledge and faith into action because I didn't have the knowledge. Going back to that biblical illiteracy. I hope I shared, because sometimes... (laughs) I do my recordings, then I delete. But I hope I shared in one of my podcasts before, when I was on my spiritual journey early on, I wanted to know God. I wanted to go deeper into who he was. And that's that set me on the path to go to school for theology. Because I said, I need to understand this thing. I'm not getting it from sitting in the church. I felt like I was... I was in a, a, a by proxy relationship with God because my relationship with God was contingent upon my relationship with the man or woman of God that I was sitting under. 
versus me having an intimate relationship with God for myself. In 2 Peter 1, the Word of God tells us that God has given us everything that we need to live a godly life. Everything that we need and to continue in godliness. God gave us his spirit and salvation and all the tools that we need to live a godly life. So when we got saved, he gave us his spirit and every tool that we needed. We have to know that it's our job to use those tools. And just like the gifts that we have, the more we exercise them, the better they get. The more we use God's tools and follow his spirit, the more we grow in godliness and spiritual strength. What is godliness? Godliness is the proof of our faith. It's the demonstration of our faith. Godliness is being faithful to our calling by doing the good works that God saved us for. 1 Corinthians 4 and 7, it tells us, it says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. The works that we do, our good works demonstrate our salvation. And they help our faith to grow and continue to grow. When I was figuring things out and, and, and just trying to be all of this stuff I heard about God, everything that I thought I knew or understood as I was sitting under the man of God, it seemed so unattainable. It was so uh, uh, intangible. I never felt I can grasp it or hold on to it until I understood that the initial act of faith and the proof of faith, those are two totally different things. Two different things. In James, it explains the relationship of those things with the example of Abraham. James 2 and 21 through 24, the word of God says, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man was justified by works and not by faith alone. Abraham was justified by faith alone, but his faith did not remain alone. 
His faith was accompanied by works. When he placed his son on the altar, he demonstrated his absolute faith to God. His obedience did not make him righteous, but it proved his righteousness. Our godly works are evidence in our genuine faith. He had to demonstrate his, he, he had faith, but he didn't have proof. He had faith, but he didn't have proof. His walk of obedience, the work that he put behind that faith brought forth the proof that what he believed in God was real. Godliness is walking in obedience. Godliness is doing what God has told us to do. Godliness is an example of our faith. By following Christ's example, we make him known to a world that is lost, that is dying. I said at the beginning of this message, we hear, we've hear we been hearing about wars and rumors of wars, stuff going on in the Ukraine right now, over in Russia, that will impact our world in ways that we don't even know. We have to live by Christ's example. Jesus prayed uh, to the Father in John 17, 22 through 23. He said, I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. We who follow Christ have to follow the example of the values that he shared in his word. Our commitment to godliness must become evident in our words, in our lifestyle, in our relationships, in our attitudes, in our faith, in our purity. We can't just let that stop with us. We got to be a living, walking, talking epistle of the of of the books of the Bible, and the godly example that God gave us. Godliness is thinking rightly and acting right. We have to be witnesses in the earth. We have to bear witness to Christ's life and likeness in the earth. Godliness is an action of our faith. 
unless we make a choice to pursue godliness, we'll drift away. Hebrews 2, 2 and 1, like a selling vessel that's been loosed from his moorings. I've been walking this thing up for a long time. And as a Christian, I even get tempted. I, I battle sometimes with the temptation to drift away from what I know. What I desire in my flesh and what the Holy Spirit desires are two contrary things. They contradict each other. That's why I have to submit to the Spirit of God. I have to kill this flesh daily. We have to be diligent in following the Holy Spirit. We got to walk the walk and talk the talk. We got to walk in the spirit. We got to learn how to walk in the spirit. I remember listening to this uh, pastor years ago and it helped me. He said, we got to learn God's voice. He said, God's not going to get offended. If you say, God, help me to learn your voice. And when God began to speak, the word of God says, try the spirit by the spirits to know that it is of him. So you got to sometimes hear from God and walk in obedience. He instructed, and I, I, I'm, I probably get it wrong, but he said, you know, on your drive, on your way to uh, a place that you're used to going, a common area. Just take a different path. Take a different route and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you and listen and go in the direction that you hear the Holy Spirit telling you. If the Holy Spirit say go left, go left. Holy Spirit say go right, go right. And if you go left and you 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 hit a dead end and you you don't know why you're going in that direction, ask the Holy Spirit, now why'd you send me this way? <laughs> I'm telling you, it's something to it. It's something to it. Certain things are a mystery to us, but God knows. And I'm telling you, when that when I when I got that revelation, whoo. I started using that thing, and I'm telling you, I learned how to hear from God, how to hear the Holy Spirit with clarity. We gotta, we gotta act out our faith through godliness. We gotta walk in good works, like it tells us in Ephesians 2 and 10. We got to walk properly. Romans 13 and 13, walk by faith. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, walk in love. Love in the agape, unconditional love, Ephesians 5 and 2. Walk as children of light, Ephesians 5 and 8. Walk worthy of the Lord, Colossians 1 and 10. 
Walk worthy of calling Ephesians 4 and 1 and walk as Jesus walked. My God, 1 John 2 and 6. We got to know what godliness is. And it's important we got to know what it's not. The enemy will try to plant seeds in your head and in your mind that are not like God. He's, he's going to try to be tactful and put weeds in the way, bringing false teachers to dilute the word of God. This is why a lot of folk can't follow truth. Because they get so fascinated and, and so drawn into the who to where they can't hear the what, why, or how that God is trying to lead them to. We got to understand that God in this season is separating the wheat from the tares. I'm telling you, Y'all better get in your word. You better get close to Jesus. Y'all know the scripture in 2 Timothy 3 and 5 that says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. So much mess out here. So many false teachers trying to get us to... to Turn for what we know that we know. Calling good evil and evil good. Aligning with social norms and all of this stuff. I think me and my baby were talking about this new age religion and, and all of this stuff. People be having them crystals and third eyes. My son had one little thing with an eye in the hand. I said, uh-uh, you get rid of that mess. we have to take heed to what Christ warned us about the false teachers I can't wait till we get in 1 Timothy because we coming we coming for you but in 1 Timothy 6 3 through 5 it says if anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to the wholesome words, even the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words, from which comes envy, strife, rivaling, evil suspicion, useless wranglings of men, of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, who suppose that godliness is the means of gain, from which withdraw yourself. The word of God can't be can't be no clearer. <laughs> we sit up following folk. People be like, oh, I want you to listen to this ministry. I want you to listen to this gospel song. Mm-mm. I ain't messing with them. Because they see what, what they uh present as godliness as for gain. 
These false teachers will forever deviate from God's truth. Just watch them. Just watch them. And they be so obvious, y'all just be following them. They're going to deviate from God's truth because they can't stand the truth. What's what he said? They can't handle the truth. Y'all better look at the fruit. Y'all better look at the fruit. Are they yielding love and joy and peace? Or are they producing arguments and corruption and greed? Come on now. A godly life acknowledges, recognizes, and lives by salvation through faith in the death and resurrection of Christ Jesus. Through God's grace and through the Holy Spirit. The reality is that we must pursue godliness every day of our lives. Every day. In order for our lives to have purpose as believers, we must always and always strive to be like Christ Jesus. This means that we must pursue godliness with everything that is in us. God has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. He's given us his divine power. We just got to walk in it. Everything we need, he's given us to live a godly life. But we have to walk in and we got to get into our word. We got to learn who he is. We have to find our purpose through the knowledge of who Christ is and who we are in him. He's called us to glory and and virtue. We have to set ourselves up to become partakers of his divine nature. We have to learn how to be a spirit person because God is a spirit. We got to learn how to live by faith. We got to develop godly attributes in our lives. Virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, love, and the agape. 
The most important thing that I want you to take away from this today is that in order for you to pursue a godly life, you have to have a relationship with Christ. You can't get it through me. He he just using me today to bring you a word. And I hope I hope I did a good job. I hope I did a good job, but you can't get it through me. You got to get in relationship with him for yourself. Godliness is the essential part of the Christian life. 1 Timothy chapter 4, train yourself to be godly. Physical training of uh some physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. We got to train ourselves just like you train for a marathon. You train for a certification. You train for a degree. You got to train yourself to be godly. And guess who the teacher is? Jesus. The Holy Spirit. But it's important to know that you can't love God more by loving life less. He wants us to be free. He wants us to be uh, a whole. He wants us to be complete. <laughs> you can't just be like, okay, well, this this world, our culture is saturated with, with sex and sin and food. So I'm just going to turn away from food and, and sex. No. If we do things right... If we don't overindulge in food, it's okay to enjoy. If we don't get into sex outside of marriage, it's okay to enjoy. Godliness is a is a God-centered life. It's a God-centered life. It's not a set of disciplines. It's not a system. It's a person. It's a person. Godliness is a person, and it is in the mystery of the godly life that was lived by Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus is godliness in the flesh. If God, if Jesus did it, we need to do it. <laughs> Remember, they used to have that thing, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? That's how we ought to live. But in order to do that, we must be in relationship with Jesus. Listen, I'm up early in the morning today. God sent me here to bring this message to you. Godliness is a requirement. But it's one that doesn't require labor. All you got to do is surrender. Relinquish your will and allow God's will to be done in your life, I guarantee you. 
you'll begin to see change in your life. We got to learn how to walk like them and talk like them and be like them. Do what he's called us to do. The only way you're going to do that is if you spend more time with him than you do anything else. God is calling us higher. And in order for us to be who he's calling for in his last and evil days and to do what he's calling us to do, we've got to get the foundation laid. These are not just words. This is not just something that we say or or believe just for the sake of saying it or believing it. We got to live it. We've got to live it. He's calling us higher, y'all. All right. Well, I pray that this was an encouragement for you that we can live a godly life. If God brought it to us, he's going to get it through us. <laughs> if he's instructed us to do it, we can do it. All right? All right. Well, I'm going to sign off here because I got to get up and work today. I got a day full of meetings, but I thank God they're going to be successful. I declare it and decree in Jesus' name. All right. Well, I love you all. Have a blessed and wonderful day. Bye-bye.